This is a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of CKNW. I'm Martin Strong, and this is Vancouver Consumer. We're going to check in on the state of the real estate market in the Lower Mainland with our resident expert, John Carlson. You know him as Johnny Smartpoint at johnnysmartpoint.com. That's coming up. But first, some of the consumer news headlines from the past week. Looks like con artists are taking advantage of people's desperation to get a COVID vaccine shot. The Canadian Anti-Fraud Centre is warning people to avoid purchasing vaccines online or from unauthorized sources. One senior RCMP analyst says some scammers are offering home vaccination kits for a fee. Others are tricking people into installing malicious COVID-19 notification apps and attachments onto their phones and devices. Then they're able to get in and steal the personal and financial information. One person reported getting a call from someone who said if they donated to this certain charity, they could jump the queue to get a shot earlier. The CAFC says the only way to access safe and effective COVID-19 vaccines is through clinics organized or endorsed by our local government public health authority. After re-implementing those tough COVID-19 restrictions, the province is giving businesses access to some cash to help ease the blow. They have announced $50 million in relief funding for businesses in the form of a one-time grant. Businesses just need to prove they were impacted by the new restrictions announced at the end of March, and they could receive between $1,000 and $10,000. And when you think of a scratch-and-win lottery ticket, you probably feel like 20 bucks is a big score if you scratch and you win 20 bucks. Well, Elizabeth McCartney from Delta did a little better than that. She bought a 30th anniversary blackjack scratch-and-win ticket from a shopper's drug mart uh, in Tawasson. She took it home, scratched it off, and found she won $121,000. 121 grand with a scratch-and-win ticket. She said she'll share some with her kids and save the rest. This is Vancouver Consumer on CKNW. I'm Martin Strong, and coming up, we're going to talk real estate. Guiding us through the opportunities out there in this red-hot market will be John Carlson, johnnysmartpoint.com. That's when Vancouver Consumer continues on CKNW. This is Vancouver Consumer. I'm Martin Strong, and it's time to talk real estate with our old friend John Carlson. 2% Realty is where you can find him. Actually, where you can find him is johnnysmartpoint.com, because you know him as Johnny Smartpoint. Uh, And uh, there's all sorts of uh, real estate news, John. Uh, First of all, how are you doing? I'm doing pretty good. How about you? Hope all the listeners are are doing fine and and keeping healthy and staying productive. But yeah, I'm doing great. Thanks for asking. Yeah, hanging in there. It sort of feels like the, you know, light at the end of the tunnel. I mean, I may be speaking too too soon because things are obviously getting pretty serious here. But um, when it comes to real estate, uh, despite what's going on, things just chug along, chug along. And uh, you've brought in an armload of statistics about what the market is doing in the lower mainland. Uh, So fill us in, what's going on? Well, there's a lot of talk in the press, of course, about some spectacular numbers that have that have come out. And, and you know, I maybe I'll back up just a little bit. And, and you asked me how I was doing. I'm fortunate, uh, of course, to be in a business where, you know, I've been in it a long time. 
And uh, it's one of those businesses that has not been affected in a negative way by COVID. And as, as real estate agents out there, we're all doing the best we can to screen people and make sure that showings are safe and things are happening in a proper, safe way. Uh, we protect our clients, you know, open houses of just random people coming through houses. Those days are pretty much over. Um, so I just want to, you know, put out a word there to the listeners that I recognize I'm in a, in a, in a nice situation where my business carries on very strong. And uh, I'm available to any of you who might want to talk about the idea of selling a home in, you know, Greater Vancouver, the Fraser Valley. But, you know, back to the question, the real estate market has has been a bit of an animal. You know, as people know, yeah. the, March, the March statistics came out. And uh, interestingly enough, uh, both Greater Vancouver uh, Board, which runs obviously Greater Vancouver out to um, all the way to Maple Ridge. And then beyond that, there's the Fraser Valley Board. There are other boards as well, but both uh, Greater Vancouver and the Fraser Valley Board published the you know record statistics, and I'm not talking about records for March, but all-time number of sale records uh, for in Greater Vancouver and Fraser Valley. So, the number of buyers out there looking at properties is obviously great. Uh, the buyers out there seem to be pretty serious. They're qualified. Uh, there's a lot of good reasons for people to, uh, you know, be putting their money uh, down and buying properties in this market. And we can talk about that as well. But the statistics are showing lots of sales. But also one thing that I want to touch on that you don't see as much in the news because it's not quite as sensational. And we talked about this when I was on the program a couple of weeks ago. Uh, my thought was that when March was a bit of a changing month. Demand staying strong, increasing in strength. But the interesting thing is when you look at the listing inventory, brand new listings are actually up significantly. Uh, Fraser Valley Board, we're looking at 50% more listings on the market uh, in terms of new listings than we had last month. Greater Vancouver, it's actually 90% up over a year ago and about 60% up more than last month. So towards the end of March, we really started to see a bit of a return to the market in terms of people feeling comfortable listing their homes and putting them on the market. So I think that's really good news because when you have a hot market and you know everything's selling, uh, it helps everybody when there's a little bit more inventory to look through and to choose from and buyers can maybe take their time and, and make a little bit uh, less rushed decisions and, and have a little bit more relaxing time looking for their ideal property. So listings are up. Uh, having said that, uh, the standing inventory, meaning the unsold listings, has really hasn't changed much. It's uh, it's still pretty tight out there because listings are selling quickly. The average time on the market's about two weeks right now for a property in Greater Vancouver, similar in the Fraser Valley. So again, in a nutshell, we've got a record number of sales. We're coming off in March. The market continues to churn. It continues to go. Listings are starting to break through and and publish a little bit more regularly, which I think is going to give buyers a little bit more breathing room. But the overall lay of the land says high demand, low interest rates, uh, limited supply. So it's going to continue to be a seller's market. Yeah. And you've been talking about this uh, for quite a while, the whole idea of, of inventory, things uh, up for sale. So I guess uh, it's, it's a good sign that there are more properties, but they're still getting snapped up really quickly. So clearly still a very strong seller's market. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, buyers know this, people that are out there looking for homes are aware of this. I know there's got to be dozens, if not, you know, more listeners out there who have really given serious thought to maybe putting their house on the market. They want to make a move. But you know what? They're intimidated. And, you know, they have good reason to be or they're a little bit scared or they're a little bit shy might be a better word because, 
most people know you can sell your property right now um, relatively easily. And as I mentioned before, the trick isn't selling. The, the trick right now is selling for maximum profit and maximum effect because chances are you'll need that money when you buy again. But the problem is people, you know, rightfully so, are having a bit of a concern. Where am I going to go? Do I want to jump into a hot market where I might have to compete with a boatload of other buyers on the property I find that I like? And uh, so, again, that's why I think that this slight, this trend, at least, that I think will continue in April and May of listing inventories continuing to get a little bit stronger is going to help balance things out. But lots of listeners out there, I'm sure, are saying, hey, I'd love to sell my townhouse if I could find a house that I could afford in a good area. Uh, that I could be sure and comfortable that I could be by in the next couple of months. That right now is a big challenge. People not exactly sure where their landing spot's going to be. Right. John Carlson is our guest. Uh, johnnysmartpoint.com is the website where you can get a hold of uh, John. 604-612-0080. And like I say, johnnysmartpoint.com. And uh, it, I mean, it's obviously a good, good time to, to sell your property. Um, I read an article, uh, I think it was in the, one of the newspapers, uh, about uh, kind of a buyer fatigue that's going on. Because like you say, things are, are selling so quickly that a lot of buyers are stepping back. Uh, are you seeing that? And is that a kind of a good thing in a way? Well, um, I am seeing that. Yes. And, and, and my, my thoughts are there's kind of two ways that that buyer fatigue can go. I've had some people who have looked and, and maybe you know, wrote offers on properties and were unsuccessful. And I've had a few clients and rightfully so that said, you know, John, maybe this isn't the right time for us to buy. I mean, recently I had a, a referral from a family I work with and a, a, their, uh, their daughter and, and new husband, first time buyers looking out in the market and they wanted a detached house. So we we're looking in mission in some of these areas. And it became really tough. And, and these guys, you know, they decided to take a time out, build up a little more down payment, maybe wait till it wasn't such a high stakes game uh, because it was tough on them. The other side of the coin, um, you know, and, and recently I'll just tell a quick story. I shouldn't maybe say where, but I had a listing in, um, in Abbotsford, a detached house, and we listed it, you know, at a reasonable price, anticipating multiple offer situations. And, and here's my point. This is something that's also quite prevalent in the market. I'm the listing agent representing the seller, but we had uh, a number of offers come in and it kind of boiled down to two or three that were in contention and they were very similar. And and of course, my job working for the seller is to uh, flush out the best offer I possibly can. The offers were unconditional, by the way. So the house was going to sell that night. This is a couple of weeks ago. Um, And we had two very similar offers by the end. And I called both agents back and just said, hey, you know, we're ready to sign with somebody, but we're looking for a reason for, for, you know, for you, for us to pick your offer, you know, do something that'll help you stand out from the competition. And, and one agent came back with about 10,000 more and the other agent came back with more. And my point is this, that I never met the buyers for that property, but in dealing with that buyer's agent, I, I came to understand that these people had already written offers on five or six or seven properties and lost. And here's the other effect of what you might call buyer's burnout they needed a place probably and they just said hey we're not going to let anything stand in our way and they stepped up now not a whole lot over the other buyer because that other buyer had also stepped up but you know buyers right now are facing a bit of a tough time some of them might walk away from the market saying you know i don't think this is the environment for me to operate in where others might be more committed or might have to buy and they might go the other way and say well darn it prices have been going up i'm throwing everything i have at this home and and so 
buyers have a bit of a tough job. I'm hoping that will start to ease up a bit with a lot of new listings hitting the market in April and May. But you're right. The you know the buyers I've seen the burnout, I've seen them walk away. I've seen them get desperate and throw everything they have at a house because they're uh, scared about what might happen next. So great question. Uh, but I would say you know that having a good agent on your side that can maybe help you navigate this process uh, in this hot market is probably you know, one of the best things that you can do because again, high stress, high stakes, and to have a, an experienced advisor who not, not somebody who's going to push you to throw all the money you have at any property you see, but somebody who can give you a, a little bit of advice and thoughts of, you know, maybe how, how good a listing this might be or how to approach a multiple offer situation or how to maybe have your offer stand out from the crowd, even if it doesn't have the higher price. These are the sorts of things that I think a good agent right now is, is offering his or her clients uh, as buyers in the, in the market. An agent, say, like John Carlson, johnnysmartpoint.com uh, is the place to go to talk to John, 604-612-0080. Uh, you have uh, sold more than 1,000 properties around the lower mainland. Um, and, and like you say, it's important uh, to, to have someone on your side who kind of knows the ins and outs of all this because the, the good and the bad, and there are some real opportunities for people selling at the moment. This is a, a, a really strong seller's market. And if it's done right, you can do very well. And what, what about people who are seeing this action and maybe, uh, I mean, there's a million different scenarios, but say there's one scenario, somebody is downsizing, they're retired and they've got a big house and the kids are gone. They want to downsize or, you know, uh, they maybe want to move somewhere a little cheaper. Now is a good time to sell. So what do you say to those people, um, you know, who might just be dipping their toe in the water? Um, you know, how, how do you deal with those people? Well, you know, there's always people who are giving some thoughts to selling soon or maybe later, sooner or later. Um, so that hasn't changed. I've always received calls from people like that. And I love getting calls from, from those people. I, you know, I, I, <laughs> I appreciate that. I, this is what I've been doing for a long time. And anytime somebody gives me a call and says, hey, you know, we're thinking of selling, come and talk to us. Um, I appreciate that. And just as an example, yesterday, um, clients, uh, potential clients that I met in Maple Ridge, the exact scenario you mentioned. Hey, you know, our kids are not home anymore. We don't need this big house. We don't necessarily need to sell right now. And we've explored some options of uh, maybe uh, staying in town, maybe moving out of town. Uh, and that's another thing we can talk about a little later in the program. The spillover effect to some of the rural communities has been quite strang uh, but but back to these kind of people, they, they're not sure if it's the right time or not. So when I meet with somebody like that, I come armed with all the information and experience that I can muster. And I try to listen to, you know, what they tell me in terms of what their goals might be. And then, you know, it's kind of, uh, it, it's a conversation. Um, I may, you know, try to uh, flush out some of their options. I, uh, like yesterday's scenario, I met a couple and their question was a very good one. They said, John, if we did decide to list within the next couple of weeks, and if we did decide to list with you, what would the whole process look like? And I thought, you know, that's that's a fantastic question. And, and so we talked a little bit about that. And then the question comes up, you know, what do you see happening in the market in the near future? And that's a tough one to answer because nobody has a crystal ball. Right. Um, but right now, you know, all evidence points to there being a sustained strong market and prices maybe continuing to go up in a lot of these markets. So... I think, you know, I try to give people the best information I can to help them decide, 
you know, which one of their options might be the right way to go. Other times I get calls from people that say, hey, John, I'm ready to sell my house. Bring your sign, bring a listing contract. Let's talk about price. I'm ready to sign. And those <laughs> calls are those calls are good too. Yeah, it's a help part <laughs> of the game. Well, the, John Carlson is our guest uh, from 2% Realty. You can go to johnnysmartpoint.com, the website. He's got uh, all the information you need, 604-612-0080. Uh, and uh, when we come back, I want to talk about why you're called Johnny Smart Point. Uh, it has to do with the kind of service you provide and the kind of real savings that you can uh, provide people in terms of commission. Like these are concrete uh, savings in commission because commission's a lot of money these days. When you're looking at house prices, this this expensive. It's a lot of money. So we're, when we come back on Vancouver Consumer, we'll talk to John Carlson from johnnysmartpoint.com a little bit more about uh, how he can save you some dough on commission. That's next. Welcome back. It's Vancouver Consumer. I'm Martin Strong. And with me now is John Carlson, johnnysmartpoint.com. You can uh, go to his website, johnnysmartpoint.com. Or you can give him a call, 604-612-0080. And I guess you get this question a lot. Uh, Johnny Smart Point, what does that mean? And, uh, well, I'll let you explain it because it has to do with the service that you provide as well as the kind of real savings you can provide on commission. So explain Johnny Smart Point. Yeah, thanks for that opportunity because I do get asked that question a lot and, and I've actually wondered, gee, maybe was it a good branding move? I don't know. People ask what it means, but um, here's really what it means. As a home seller, you have a lot of different options and how you might want to handle the sale of your home. I mean, you can put a sign on your yard and handle the sale yourself and... Uh, I mean, that's that's a perfectly fine way to go. Uh, there are all kinds of agents out there who work for big name companies who, you know, have various experience levels and, uh, you know, various marketing plans and all that sort of thing, various skill levels, I'm sure. And most agents out there, there's no set commissions, but most agents charge 7% of the first 100000 and 2.5% of the balance. Um, and I thought to myself, you know, what do consumers really want when it comes to sell their home? You know, they want good representation. So they want an agent that's got some experience, presumably. They want an agent who has a good track record, who, uh, you know, has probably been around a while and done a lot of recent business and has a good feel for what's going on in the market. But also, for many years, you know, tell me if I'm wrong here, I don't think I am. Uh, people in Greater Vancouver and the Fraser Valley have kind of questioned the commission structure of the, the predominant uh, 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 commission structure out there of seven and two and a half or or whatever agents are charging and there's been a, a feeling that hey you know maybe these rates are kind of high houses are selling you know pretty quickly right uh you know there's a lot of agents out there uh it's a competitive marketplace why aren't commission structures a little bit more competitive so back to the smart point thing um i think people want good service they want good results they want an experienced and skilled agent on their side working for them but they don't necessarily want to pay more than they have to when it comes to commissions. So I thought, well, gee, if I'm a seller, where would I want to be? I'd never choose somebody based on commission alone um, because, you know, there are other factors that I think are much more important. But if I can get a top producing agent who's got a great track record and knows how to do a good job for me, and I can save maybe 30% or, or so commission compared to what most of the other agents are charging me, that might be a pretty smart place for me to be in turn on the market. And I think that's one of the reasons I stay busy is I really offer a nice blend of 
you know, experience. I, I think for the last 10 years or more, I've been either in the top 1% or 2% of the real estate board of Greater Vancouver in terms of sales every year. So over the last decade, I'm definitely one of the top selling agents in Greater Vancouver. Uh, but also, you know, I've got that track record of saving people money compared to most of my competition. So there's the long-winded answer. <laughs> I think that if you're thinking of selling a house anywhere in Greater Vancouver or Fraser Valley, that I would be a good choice of one of the candidates uh, for a realtor to interview. And and that's really the smart point. Right. And uh, if people go to your website, johnnysmartpoint.com, you have a little uh, sort of a calculator and people can look and, and they have a general idea of what their home is worth. And you can literally see uh, how many thousands of dollars you could save by going with John Carlson, which I, I think is a pretty good thing to be able to just look on your website and see that. It absolutely is. And again, all agents are, are somewhat different. We all have different skill levels and, and experience levels. And I, I want to make it clear to any listeners out there that I, I charge less uh, than, than a lot of agents out there than most of them. But I don't cut corners. I mean, I do all of the, the 3D tours and the floor plans and the pictures and the right marketing and Facebook campaigns and all that sort of stuff. Uh, but I think really uh, where a good agent earns his or her salt is at the negotiating table when offers come in and knowing how to position a home and then take that positioning and translate it into the best possible sale price and terms. And, and I think that's really where, where a good agent shines. Right. And I think that sometimes when people don't have a lot of experience dealing with real estate agents, there's this fear that if you spark up a conversation with one, it means that you are automatically obligated to be with that person. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we met in an elevator and he's my real estate agent now. Uh, but, but that's not necessarily the case. People can contact you, ask a question. It's, it's not like uh, you, you can provide a, a no obligation uh, assessment to people. You know what? I, I'm so glad you asked that question. And Martin, you you always you know surprise me or throw some some great questions at me that you know I'm not expecting, and that's that's great. And I think that's a fantastic point because just back to my appointment yesterday with the couple I met, um, you know, at the end of a, at the end of a, a an appointment, I generally say, hey, I'll get back to you this time and everything. And they made it pretty clear. Uh, when I first met them that, you know, they were a little hesitant to talk to realtors because the last thing they wanted to do was to be hounded by somebody looking for a sale. Right. And uh, and, and that's a, a great point. I'm glad you brought it up. For one, I'm too busy to be hounding people who are not ready to sell. But right. I do my, you know, I make sure I'm available to those people. So I do free market evaluations. Uh, realtors have long advertised, hey, free market evaluation here and there. And everybody does that. And that's, that's standard. But, you know, I generally... Uh, want to meet people who are looking at maybe selling or considering selling in the near future. I don't just do evaluations because somebody wants to fight their tax assessment or something like that. But absolutely, if someone were to call me and want to talk about the real estate plans, they're not, um, you know, fed on some automatic email uh, <laughs> drip system where they get an email every day, are you thinking of selling, you want to sell? No, I'm there for the people that want to work with me. And that's one of the the blessings, I guess you could say, about being an agent with a long track record and being busy and experienced is that um, I don't go through the lulls. I've got a steady group of people that are always talking about maybe doing something and I'm, I'm ready for them. Having said that, I've sold most of my listings and I'm down to uh, very few now. So please call me. <laughs> yeah. yeah, go to johnnysmartpoint.com. Uh, you know, now is a good time. 
to, to sell a home. And uh, if you get somebody like John Carlson behind you, uh, you can maximize uh, the price of that home. If you are on the fence thinking about it, um, you should talk to John. 604-612-0080, johnnysmartpoint.com. Um, and you do, you, you mention all, you know, you do, you're on Facebook, I see on Instagram, and you do all that stuff that everybody does. Um, one thing, uh, you must have staged a lot of homes for sale. Um, you must kind of know what people want when you stage a home. What, what, what's your advice to people when they're staging a home? You know, it depends on the product and where that product is at. Uh, and you have to think things practically. Some, some places are tenanted and there's not a whole lot you're going to be able to do to stage. Uh, and, you know, I have to work with tenants on those sorts of things. Um, you know, some homes just require some decluttering. You know, maybe you want to clear some things out and uh, maybe touch up these sorts of things. But that is one of the big questions that I get when I meet people. Hey, if I'm going to sell, what do you think I should do to get ready to sell? And again, it depends on the house. It depends on the segment. Um, you can do anything from just, you know, rolling up your toothpaste tube and putting it away and closing the toilet lid to, <laughs> uh, you know, hiring people to come in and bring new furniture and all those sorts of things. Generally, I don't think that's necessary, uh, but there's a wide range, you know, of things. And, and kind of in a nutshell, here's just a, 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 a quick nutshell kind of version. When I go through a home, uh, I'm looking for the factors that will help me market the home in terms of saleable features uh, in the house, improvements that are done, you know, layout designs or, or anything that can benefit a potential buyer. But I'm also looking at deficiencies or roadblocks to a sale. And uh, I find that sellers tend to ask me, hey, should I do this or should I maybe do this? And, and here's here's just a quick guide. On the one hand, there are things that you definitely want to look after. you got mold in your windowsills. Clean those up. You've got stains from leaks that have been repaired. Clean those up. There are deficiencies that cast a negative light on a property. Bad smells, uh, you know, broken things. You know, these are things, these are deficiencies. You want to solve these problems because they're going to be problems in the eyes of the buyer. But on the other end of the spectrum, I find sometimes people are considering trying to solve a problem that might not even exist. You know, hey, my cabinets are light color and maybe dark is in style now or vice versa. Should I stain them? Should I rip up this perfectly good carpet and put laminate flooring in? Because I read an article that said laminate flooring is, you know, these are probably not obstacles or probably not problems. And why spend a dollar if you're not going to get at least a dollar back or, or solve a significant problem? So two ends of the spectrum, there are things you definitely want to take care of before you sell. And then on the other end of the spectrum, there may be things that you, you might have done for yourself, but they might not add a value to a buyer. And you want to be careful about, uh, you know, trying to solve problems that don't exist. And I guess some homes have, like you say, sort of this great feature, like a, k- a kitchen that's open. And you really want to sell that because that's the best part of the house. Absolutely. And, and one expression I've used many times, I'm not sure if I've done it on this show, but uh, when I was learning real estate many years ago, my trainer said to me, Johnny, that's why they shine the apples at Safeway. <laughs> you know, it's true. If I'm picking on an apple at Safeway, you know, I'm, I don't know what the apple tastes like inside, but if it's got a nice red shiny surface on it, it's probably got a good chance of getting picked. So my advice to a lot of sellers is this. You know, for the for the most people who don't have access to construction crews and, you know, families and in the industry that can give them price breaks and stuff, I say, you know, look, if you're going to pay retail for anything that you're doing on this house, let's look very carefully at what you might spend money on and what you might not. Let's polish the apple you've got. Let's not try to make it something that it's not because no property is right for every buyer. But 
most properties are right for a certain segment of buyers. And let's focus on that segment. Let's focus on their affordability levels. Let's focus on the main things they're concerned about. And you know what? That might be making sure we really show off that fancy new kitchen uh, or, or whatever it might be. But, you know, let's be careful not to maybe get caught up in too many of these reality TV shows and think that you're going to have to, um, you know, do some sort of fantastic decorating when really that segment of buyers for your property might be looking for affordability, location, suite potential, and then they might not care too much if the kitchen counters are not granite because that's something they can do themselves down the road. Interesting. Yeah, that's that's what you get with John Carlson. You get that kind of expertise. johnnysmartpoint.com is the website. You can give him a call, 604 612 Johnny Smart Point. Uh, This is Vancouver Consumer. And uh, as we wrap up, uh, I I, I wanted to tell you really quickly, we just have a minute or so, but the, the... there was an article about uh, foreign buyers and immigration to Canada, and it predicted that 2021 was going to be another big year for lower mainland real estate. So, so uh, as we go, any um, any predictions? Like we'll probably see in a couple of weeks. Um, what do you see for the those next couple of weeks? You know, and I think we should talk about this the next program I'm on, but uh, predicting is a scary thing. But there's a lot of talk right now about inflation, about money being printed, about baby boomers, uh, you know, cashing out. And I think there's a lot of evidence to suggest that these high real estate prices in greater Vancouver are not going anywhere. And as you mentioned, influx of people from other areas plays a big part of that. I think there's maybe like 40,000 new people uh, every year into greater Vancouver alone. Mm -hmm. So... Right now, the stage seems to be set for real estate prices to continue uh, to be high, and that's probably come as some dismay to some people. But let's talk about that maybe the next program. Uh, for the for the, re- for the near future, I'm definitely predicting a healthy seller's market in Greater Vancouver and Fraser Valley. Right on. And that's why you should call John Carlson. johnnysmartpoint.com is the website, 604-612-0080. Well, we will talk to you soon, John, and uh, you have yourself a great rest of the weekend. Yes, you too. See you soon. See you, John. Uh, This is Vancouver Consumer. I'm Martin Strong. And when we come back, we're going to ask Andrew. Welcome back. It's Vancouver Consumer. I'm Martin Strong. Time now for Ask Andrew. That's where we ask our executive producer, Andrew Ferreira, uh, what's going on in the world? A lot of people here in the Lower Mainland are waiting for their ICBC rebate checks. Because uh, because of COVID, uh, there have been less claims. ICBC profits are up, and they said, "Well, we're going to pass the savings on to you." Of course, it was delayed because they got hacked. Uh, but when are they coming out? When are we going to see these big fat ICBC rebate checks in our mailboxes? Well, let's let we'll get to the fat checks part in a second here. <laughs> I'll temper that. Uh, yeah, let's temper those expectations here. Uh, ICBC said that earlier this week um, they began to already really, you know, throw all those checks into the mail. Uh, they anticipate mailing out over 2 million rebate checks by the end of this month. Wow. Uh, so, hey, suppose that's good. Uh, as of um, April 8th, that was on Thursday, uh, 940,000 checks have already been issued. So, the, you know, they're, they're almost halfway through the issuing, not necessarily the mailing and the reception and, and the inevitable complaints, I would imagine. But ICBC said that, you know, they're continuing with the third-party vendor, and that was where the, the cyber attack happened. Uh, it was with their third-party vendor. Um, so now that they've kind of, you know, shored up the defenses, I suppose, if you will, uh, they've returned to doing it. 
this one-time rebate is again being issued to drivers that if you had a policy between April 1st and September 30th uh, in 2020, uh, you're getting something. And if you canceled your policy, uh, you're going to receive a partial refund. Um, when this was announced in early February, uh, Solicitor General Mike Farnworth noted that the average rebate check would be $190. Uh, with 80% of recipients receiving between 50 and 300. Uh, I'm not sure if you remember uh, the one woman who took to social media after her check came back with a dollar. <laughs> um, and, she, you know, it, this is, and, and, and ICBC's response to that was checks will be anywhere from a dollar to, you know, up. They only mentioned that 80% of recipients would be getting checks between 50 and 300. So, you know, don't expect to be cashing in a windfall here. I say count yourself lucky if you can buy yourself a nice dinner, um, you know, to go. To go. <laughs> yeah, yeah, if that's you can buy true. yourself a nice dinner with this, I would, I would count yourself lucky. But it's not often that we even hear of, you know, a crown corporation like ICBC going, you know what? It's time to give back. And maybe your check is a dollar uh, and maybe it's $300. Who knows? Uh, but keep a lookout in your mail over the next few weeks and something will be coming. Good to know. And uh, temper those expectations. Yeah, whether or not you'll be pleased with what you get is, is that's yeah. good luck there. That's always nice to get a check in the mail. Exactly. It, it always feels good. Yeah. Until you open it and it's a dollar and you're going, well, I mean, I wonder how much the paper this costs. I wonder how much <laughs> postage costed. I wonder how much it costs to process. Yeah. Whatever. Anyway. Well, thank you, Andrew. That's Andrew Ferreira. He is the executive producer of Vancouver Consumer. I'm Martin Strong. And when we come back, uh, we're going to talk all things plumbing, heating and air conditioning. Plus, they won't be coming to your door. But I'll tell you about how you can get Girl Guide cookies this year. That's coming up. The proceeding was a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of CKNW.